Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two for wiener. Delicious, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. just like that we are into the second hour it's the barbecue central show and we talk about barbecue and grilling stuff right here tuesdays 9 to 11 live recording at the same time hour number one goes up in podcast tomorrow hour number two hits thursday and i'll talk to you about friday here in just a moment i don't know how many of you are or are not howard stern fans but there is somebody who is not a Howard Stern fan. She hosts a show called Radio Gunk on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Radio Gunk. And uh, while I don't necessarily uh, take party into her poo-pooing all over the Howard Stern show, because I'm still a mega fan, she did ask me to take part in a other show that she's doing on Fridays, releasing that in the evening, maybe 7 o'clock where uh, we are summarily poo-pooing on Gordon Ramsay. Last Friday, we poo-pooed on his scrambled eggs, which was an extravagant process for scrambled eggs. I think by the time he was actually done and serving scrambled eggs, I could have made my version of scrambled eggs 28 times and eaten them 28 times before he was done with his single round. So if you're interested in uh, hearing a review of Gordon Ramsay's cooking shows, YouTube segments, whatever he does, he's a weird cat. I don't know what kind of cooking skills that uh, Monique has. She's the real like host. I'm just sitting in trying to give some semi-expert opinion. I don't know what kind of food chop she has. I think none. Uh, But she is uh, certainly an expert at hating Gordon Ramsay's guts to the nth degree. It's true. She hates him with a passion. She hates him so much that when he was, in my estimation, uh, aggressively seasoning with salt, and I say that in a very positive way because sometimes you have to aggressively season with salt. She was just beside herself with the amount of salt. I was like, I, that's actually pretty good. I'm probably salting that aggressively on steak, or we reviewed a burger thing that he did out in Africa, wherever the hell he was. That was a weird episode, too. I didn't hate everything that he did, but he's just really easy to pick apart. But I would never do that in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, Hell's to the no, no. He would eat my lunch in that setting. That's when I fell in love with Gordon Ramsay. It's called uh, Idiot Sandwich because of when he held the two pieces of bread up against one of the Hell's Kitchen contestants. And he said, what are you or what's my name? He's like, I'm an idiot sandwich. It was funny. 
I did. I must have missed that season. That's also a show where I fell in love with Andy Husbands from the Smoke Shop, uh, formerly of Tremont Three Four Seven. He's been on the show a number of times. I actually talked to him when he was still on that series of uh, Hell's Kitchen or that season of Hell's Kitchen. That was maybe season number one or season number two. Maybe it was season number one. Man, the love affairs I have had over the years of this show. Unbelievable. All right, coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Episode 142, taking you back to August 20th of 2013. And a fellow by the name of Greg Fassett was the guest on the show back then. And we did a segment on Memphis wood-fired grills. At that point, I didn't do my due diligence to see if Greg is actually still with the company seven years later. But at that point, he was the customer service and support technical director at Memphis Grill. So if you've been interested in a Memphis cooker to some degree, this will be a great introduction for you on the cookers, the varying types of cookers, why they differ in the market or how they differed in the market in 2013. John did a great job of putting this together. And don't forget, you can always use the link that's in the show notes to hear the entire segment and not only the segment, the entire show. Because back in 2013, it was a two-hour show, believe it or not, still. So there were at least two to three other segment interviews within that show that if you don't use the full link to go back and listen to, you're going to miss. For instance, in the second hour, Rod Gray from Pellet Envy is in that show. If you mark out to Rod Gray to the highest order, then you want to make sure that after you listen to the best of show Friday morning, that you click on the link to get you all the way back to that entire show. You can scrub in to Rod Gray's interview in the second hour. By the way, John Solberg says that Greg Fassett is still there. So that's good to know. People are uh, staying around. Longevity. We love it. Captain Ron is weighing in on the rock and roll question. Bonham hit them harder than anybody. Of course, gotta love Dave Grohl. Killer Dave Grohl. Killer drummer and barbecue guy. So the answer, Ron, is uh, Bonham, right? So the question, Neil Pert or Bonham? Stover weighing in, saying that his favorite drummer of all time is Animal from uh, from the Muppets. That's good. <laughs> he was uh, not an option, of course. But everybody weighing in other than the uh, two options that I gave you. Here's a question for the instant chat. Would you rather take cold showers for the rest of your life or never get more than four hours of sleep a night ever again? Which one would you rather do? Cold showers for the rest of your life or never get more than four hours of sleep again in your life? I know what I want. I can go without the sleep. I am not taking cold showers. No way. I know at one point there was, uh, when I uh, well, I still listen to the Jim Rome show, but there was uh, some guy that Jim was hanging around who preached cold showers, that it was uh, carving a toughness, a toughness groove in your mind, in your person, in your persona, in your psyche. I don't want to be that tough. I don't want to be 
so tough or try to be so tough that part of that toughness training is taking cold showers for the rest of my life. I don't want to do that. I'd rather suck up and only get four hours of sleep. I'd rather take a nice hot shower if I want. Just as a follow-up, last month I led the show letting you guys into the fact that I had put my fat cat on a Prozac regimen. By the way, if you missed that, I also have that clip. While the cat hasn't pissed in the house in a week, we have also implemented a regimen of Prozac (laughs) for the cat. That's right. (laughs) Much to the cat's chagrin and dismay. Now, we're going on two weeks of not urinating in the house. I am giving him daily doses of Prozac, and he is not happy about getting the Prozac. In fact, this is how unhappy he is. Look at this cat. Look at him. Hissing at me. Every time. That cat is straight up evil, man. That cat is straight up evil. Every time we go at him with the Prozac, there was nothing in there. I was just taking that video to have documented proof in case he actually tried to take a lunge at me. But every time I'm going in with a syringe full of Prozac to calm him the F down and to keep him from peeing in the house, he gives me that attitude. What kind of attitude is that? Look at this cat. He's pissed. He ever goes for me, that's going to be it. I can tell you that. Pissed. Anyway, there's your cat piss update. We have pheromone diffusers wrought throughout the house. I have him on a stiff regimen of Prozac, and he is 100% pissed about it. He's 100% pissed. But you're going to have to be pissed, cat, because you're not long for my house as you keep pissing in my house. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu too. All meats processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available. You can ship nationwide via FedEx. You can use food service distribution like Cisco or U.S. Foods or Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development. To package completion, they can follow your recipes or help you develop something brand spanking new. They also have private label opportunities. Visit SouthsideMarket.com. As you're there, filling up your online cart, and you want to save 10% off your entire order this time and every time you visit, use promo code BBQ Central at checkout. That's BBQ, C-E-N-T-R-A-L, BBQ Central, all one word, all lowercase. For 10% off your entire order over at SouthsideMarket.com. We're back with The Grill Girl. Robin Lindar is right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back to this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes, but that's going to change to three at some point with the PBX. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My other third Tuesday of the month regular guest currently clocking in at 23,600 followers on Instagram as of 1 o'clock today. She is the creator of grillgirl.com. We raised to the hotline. And welcome back, Robin Windars. Hey, Robin. Hey, Brad. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for letting me call you for a little... Uh, tech support slash venting last night. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we're going to get into that because I think it is very key. You know, as I was saying in the open of the show that, you know, a lot of us in Instagram world and well, social media in general, especially the food folks have no problem sharing all of the most wonderful successes. We've nailed the internal temp on a steak and it looks great in color. We know the picture is going to be good. So we're really happy to post that, but heaven forbid we shoot over or uh, like you and I had been experiencing uh, with the Green Mountain Grills on the pizza side of things, not the perfect successes. So uh, I think it's important that folks like ourselves who have um, gained some type of uh, credibility or modicum of credibility and expertise in the industry, share what we're going through, share what we know, so we can help eliminate some of these hurdles for other people as they start to get into it. But before we do, let me ask you this question. Robin, who's the better rock and roll drummer, Neil Peart or John Bonham? Oh, shit. That is, like, so hard. Is it? Oh, God. Well, I mean, John Bonham is John Bonham. Yes. Neil Peart is Neil Peart. So I've always been a Led Zeppelin fan, though, so I'm going to have to go with John uh-huh. Bonham. Bonzo it is, finally. I mean, Stephen Reichlin, of course, wouldn't answer it. and uh, Really? No, Daniel Vaughn said Dave Grohl. He's not even an option. So at least you, you know, answered the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm anxious. I met him. You met Dave Grohl? I met him at Memphis and Mate. The most popular, uh, <clears throat> the most popular photo I've ever had on my Instagram of all time, at least until it got taken over and a lot of stuff got deleted, was a selfie that I took with Dave Grohl. Um, oh no, wait, was it Dave Grohl? Yes, it was Dave Grohl. Yes, uh-huh. at um, Memphis and May, yeah. and um, he had been at the shed tent, like doing the whole hog thing. And mm-hmm. anyway, didn't mean to get off the subject, but. It was like one of those experiences. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I digress. All right. Uh, so did you hear the segment with uh, Daniel Vaughn in the first hour by chance? I did not. I missed it. I was trying to get Crazy Man to bed. No problem. But I did watch him on Chef's Table, and I was impressed. I thought he did a good job. Did you? Were you surprised that he had that much of a role in it? I was. You know... 
It's hard to say. I mean, they were highlighting Texas barbecue and he what he's the editor of the of Texas Monthly's barbecue column. So I think it kind of makes sense. Uh, he we were talking specifically. I, I was uh, going through his website and there was an article. Maybe it was Twitter. And it was an article on two ladies out in Austin, Texas, uh, in some bio company. They are cultivating. Uh, how did we say it right? It's a lab cultivated brisket. Now, this isn't beyond meat. This isn't impossible burger. This isn't plant based stuff. This is a straight up meat brisket that is being cultivated in a lab. It's not being born. They did a biopsy of uh, some type of bovine, and so they're using that cell, and they're growing it, uh, I, or, or perhaps they're hoping to grow it with after they get funding, what have you. But just on wow. the just on the cuff, uh, or off the cuff, what do you think about a, a lab cultivated brisket potential? You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is that's kind of creepy. Just Cre- feels creepy. Creepier <laughs> than uh, than marching cattle off to slaughter. Well, you know, I feel bad about that too. It's like so, you know, it kind of weighs kind of weighs on you on both sides. Like thinking of brisket, like the way you think of brisket, like being made in a lab, just seems unnatural. Mm. Um, but then again, I'm like, you know, it, if you really think about it, in the grand scheme of things, it is could it be better for the environment, you know, having that as an option because people love brisket. Um, so who the heck knows? But um, the first thing that came to my mind was that's kind of weird and creepy. I don't know why. Would, would you line up and uh, be like one of the first ones to try it? Or would you want to have somebody else try it first and then let you know, yeah, you should get in line next time? I, th- I think I'd feel about it like, the same way I feel about the vaccine for the coronavirus. Like I want other people to try it first. Like I want the 2.0 version, not the 1.0 version. Hmm. Yeah. Right. You, you never want the first of anything, right? It's, it's always yeah. got bugs. Hopefully the brisket doesn't have bugs, but you never know. It could have a head growing out of it. It could do. I just, anything that's weird and kind of like genetically modified, I would kind of want to see how that turns out first on someone yeah, else, I, not myself. I, I want to see how big this thing is going to be. He said it was going to take three months potentially to grow as they were talking about it. Uh, again, I think they're still trying to secure funding and uh, getting some other items, but uh, I guess the science part of it has all been taken care of. So once they get some of these other things knocked down, uh, from whenever they start, three months later, they could have their first lab cultivated brisket. So we'll, I guess we'll we'll kind of keep tabs on that. Well, you know, the older I get, the less surprised I get by things because you know it's like truth is stranger than fiction. And um, you know, and I am pretty old because you and uh, Meathead decided that I was sixty eight last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you hear that? By the way. Have you heard- I haven't heard it when right. you told me, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm already getting a complex because I just yeah. turned 42. 42, and- right. That's right. Not 68. So here's here's me just kind of running running it off. And I thought I was pretty direct at making it a joke because of the sounder I played underneath. But you be the judge. First and foremost, as we get to some house cleaning, we want to wish a special happy birthday to third Tuesday of the month regular guest. Founder of GrillGirl.com, Robin Lindars, who turned 68 today. Congratulations, Robin. 
Hope you have a great See? birthday. <laughs> you hear the you hear the guy laughing, right? I mean, it's I don't know. And then here's uh, here's Meathead within the segment stopping me to to call attention. She you said that. something in the in in the, in the warm up. Yeah. Robin is 68? <laughs> yes, Robin is 68. <laughs> I'm laughing. Now, now I got to tread lightly here. I got to tread real lightly here in the Me Too era. Yes. But yeah, careful. Robin just does not look 68. Well, believe it or not, she is 68 as they come. 45. No, Robin is 68 years old. Believe it. Take it to the bank. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Robin is that Florida sun. That Florida sun will treat you right, I guess, huh? Eating all that citrus down there. Right. Oranges, limes. What else do they have down there? Although you're more of a fan of uh, like Michigan fruit, aren't you? Now, look, I let that run out at the bottom there when we were talking about fruit because when he said something, I said fruit or sun, and then he said something about limes. And then I said, you know what? He's totally bought into this. So the month before he had made some offhand comment about Michigan peaches being better than Georgia peaches because of the cool climate or whatever. But I knew I had a fish on the line at this point. So I immediately uh, made a left-hand turn back to the Michigan peach stuff. And then it was never brought up again. And it was just like he just went on believing that you were 68. Don't be too, you know, uh, bent that he said 45. I mean, you know, this is a guy now backpedaling from 68 for crying out loud. So his mind is a buzz. But, I mean, can you believe he fell for that? I mean, he's met you in person a number of times. All I can think is that he was joking, too, and he just never no, let on. Like, no, 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 no. Don't be fooled by Meathead's uh, craziness. I mean, he totally bought it. He stopped the, he stopped the show and backed out. I didn't, I didn't bring that up. Yeah. 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 Well, what a kook. Maybe we were drinking the last time I saw him in person for him to actually think that's believable. But you we posted, have been drinking. I mean, how many kids, how old is Hunter? Six, seven? He's five. Five? How many 68-year-olds have five-year-olds running around? I mean, come on. You know, only like, I don't know any, to be honest. Usually 68-year-olds are like rich men who have trophy wives that are as young as you that are pumping kids out because they're trying to like hold on to some last bastion of manhood or whatever but they're like mega rich and it's a guy that's 68 i mean it's absolutely he's a nut anyway let's move on let's let's first and foremost talk about pellet cooker maintenance uh we've hit it from time to time here on the show but it's something that you wanted to lead with so Go ahead and give me your thoughts on pellet cooker maintenance and then perhaps some things that you really recommend doing to make sure that it's running at the top of its game. Yeah, you know, I think it's good for everyone to know that when you get a pellet smoker, you know, I think I I often recommend them as very easy to use because sure. they are yep. until they're not. Right. You know, um, and, you know, so I think a lot of people are like, maybe I'll get a gas grill or maybe I'll get a pellet smoker, which, you know, is like in your mind, a lot of um, like the best of both worlds. Cause you've got really push button control, but then you still get the smokiness as if you're cooking over wood, obviously not as intense as that, but you know, um, but I don't think people, when they get a pellet smoker realize that you, you can't just um, turn it on and off and not really take care of it. Like you can easily a gas grill. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't really do a ton of maintenance on my gas grills um, just because you don't really have to, Um, you know, and and a pellet smoker, you know, you really do have to clean it out pretty often because it can get clogged up and jammed up. Um, You've got a lot of working parts and like, especially for me, I feel like because I'm in a very humid environment, which, you know, most of the East Coast is relatively humid and maybe, you know, Midwest as well. Sure. that you're going to have humidity and that's when, you know, if you haven't cleaned out your pellets, um, that's when, you know, with the, the moisture in the air, they can compress and um, retract in the, in the, um, that part that goes in, you know, the auger where it feeds into the firebox. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. And, and so I just think most people don't realize that you need to invest in, um, like a, a wet dry vac. So you can vacuum out all the crud, the, the leave behind and, you know, if you're if you're really hardcore, you should probably vacuum it out every time after you've used it and technically empty out the pellets every time. Now, I don't always do that, but I should because, you know, then if you leave the, the pellets out there out in the moisture, you know, outside, then they can get compromised, oh, yeah. you know. So there's there's little things that people don't realize. But um, and then it's like then it's so easy and awesome to use until it's not. And then you're like, fuck, what's wrong with my pellet smoker? And now I got to go through all these iterations of figuring out why it's not working, where it's clogged, run it through the cycles, take everything apart. You know, so I think, uh, you know, thinking about if you're getting going to get a pellet smoker, a little maintenance goes a long way. And um, some of the pellet smokers out there are making it easier to maintain them so I know like Green Mountain Grills now has put in a um, vacuum, like an ash vacuum section where you can just attach the hose to your uh, wet dry vac and just, you know, directly suck out the extra um, like ash and just, you know, par- uh, wood particles. So that I would say, you know, if you are vetting a, a pellet smoker, that that's something to think about, you know, do they make it easy to clean out? Um, and you know, that's my experience has always been with the green mountain grill. Cause that's what I've been doing recipe development and cooking on for a long time. You introduced them to me, me to them, Greg. So I thank you cause they're awesome. Love working with them. But so I think that, you know, anyone, whatever kind of pellet smoke you're going to get, just think about, you need to, you need to take care of it and clean it up every so often. And don't let your pellets get gross and wet and sit outside and collect moisture and, um, you know, shut it down the, the proper way. And Lord knows we've all had our moments when we haven't done that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm to blame. Um, but these are things to think about, you know, especially if, when you're if, or if you're vetting the kind of grill you want to invest in. Um, you know, if you can't do that, then maybe you need something a little easier, a little or even charcoal. That's really, you know, charcoal is like there's it's cooking on like a kettle. It's very straightforward. It's hard to screw it up. Well, I think Other like you said, that, that there is a uh, potential misconception of thinking that the pellet cooker is as easy as a gas grill or as easy as a charcoal smoker. And it's just not the case because you have uh, basically a computer running this and then you have other uh, things. You know, the pellets are affected by the weather. Certainly charcoal can be affected by the weather, too. But uh, it's not nearly if the charcoal gets wet, it's not nearly as catastrophic as if the pellets get wet. Those you know, swell up, they pop. It's a, a big nightmare. They're going to jam everything. So uh, do the maintenance first. Exactly. Um, the other thing that I wanted to hit on, and we were both, uh, I think we both love grilled pizza, uh, and we've both been using the Green Mountain Grill Pizza Oven Insert. And 
here's what I noticed, and then I'll let you share your story. I have had a choice line, Daniel Boone, for years and years and years, and it looked like, uh, and then I was sent a prime uh, grill. I put that together a month ago. So this is a different cooker, but the first time I set it up. Also, I noticed that the pizza oven looked a little different, so maybe they're on version 2 or or version 3 of the one that uh, I had been using, which looked different. I set the new grill to the old grill's temperature, and I didn't ask anybody about anything else, and I made five pizzas, and I burned all five pizzas. And I couldn't get my head around why that might be. And so I talked to uh, the the pizza expert of the industry, Matt Frampton, who's also a big Green Mountain Grill guy, and he said, well, which line do you have? And I said, Prime. And he said, what are you cooking at? And I said, well, 350, just like the old one. And he said, no, no. For the Prime line, you want to dial that grill in around 250 to 275, which should get you closer to 650 or 700 on the stone is what you're really looking for. And he said, what was the temperature of the stone? I said, I don't know. Evidently, it was really freaking hot. And he said, well, don't you have an infrared gun thermometer to shoot your stone? I said, no. And he said, you have to get one. you got to know your temperatures. So I ordered one from Thermalworks, and I paid for it. And, you know, when I redid them again this past weekend, that portion was all fixed now. I had the temperature dialed in right on the cooker. The stone was where it needed to be. And the only thing I need to learn how to do next time as I'm working with real dough, which is way stickier than the stuff I was getting from the Italian market that was already made, still like fresh dough, but it had been, you know, in the refrigerator for God knows how long. So I'm using the urban slicer dough. You have to be flowering the shit out of these dough balls to keep them from sticking. And Matt said to his credit on a video that I watched after the fact, of course, that if you think you're overflowering, you're not. You can always put more flour on, and uh, and and I was scared uh, of doing that because I didn't know how it was going to affect everything. So uh, that has been my pizza learning lesson. So next time I should be able to knock it out of the park. Um, what were you? Uh, oh, so that affected my launch because it would stick and it would fold. Oh, yeah. it was, a, it was yeah. a nightmare. So what were your pizza nightmares that we can learn? On? Well. I've been troubleshooting this pizza attachment for about three weeks and kind of losing my mind. But I, I, I think what happened was initially before I even put the, the attachment on, I had had a clog in my pellet smoker. So by the time I got that fixed and kind of troubleshoot shot that out, I think I had almost cleaned my, my, my grill so much that it was so empty that maybe I needed to prime some charcoal or some pellets in. Mm. Um, because every time I was, putting I was putting the attachment on like so I would I would start the grill regularly with the firebox on or even without the firebox and it would go fine and they could get it up to temp um and then as soon as I put the the bo- the pizza oven attachment on it couldn't get to temp hmm. and I don't know why it would just like stall out and so I was just like what the heck you know and um and then uh I replaced the igniter after talking to Jason and I thought that would fix it and it didn't so I was like, hmm, totally stumped. And then um, just, you know, couldn't figure out why it's not working. And then yesterday we got the, the grill going without the pizza oven attachment on, just on its own with nothing on it. And we got it going and we got it to like 400 degrees. And then we put the, the attachment on. Mm. And so the fire was already on work and going and then it was fine. So I think it was that. 
I didn't have enough charcoal like primed in it. I think it was almost too empty, even though it should be able to push it through and start it. But right. maybe something with the like, I think maybe that attachment thing that goes in maybe wasn't. I don't know, but that's what we had to do. So I think it was, I think it was the amount of charcoal um, pellets I had in that it almost something was happening with that. And, um, it wasn't until I'd already got it really hot and then added it, which of course is not how you would normally want to use it. Oh, right. Um, it started because yeah, that's the, that's, that's kind of dangerous, but I got it done and, uh, or I got it up to temp and I made a pizza on it and it turned out great and I didn't burn it. And I was so stoked about the whole thing. Um, so I'm hoping that I can, you know, recreate that experience because, you know, it is such a fun experience when you do get the pizza right. I mean, even though, you know, and I've done a lot of pizza over the years, which is so funny because I'm lactose intolerant and I also don't really eat a ton of gluten just because it, it just seems to bother my stomach. But I did recipe development for Lando Lakes back in the day. So I, we did a shitload of pizza and I did cooking classes on pizza on a kettle, like as when they were like, a, they spot, uh, I was like, they're about whatever you call it. They're outdoor grilling and batter spokesperson for one summer um and we were trying to make their deli cheese kind of sexy if you will um and so and then i did pizza on the today show which i didn't really want to do but their culinary or their culinary director there had like a hard-on to do something with uh store-bought refrigerator dough Hmm. so i did that on their grill i had never used before out on rockefeller center and like just about um, it was so stressful, but I did it. So it's like, I always have these, like these pizza, like, I don't know, trials and tribulations. It's like, maybe in my past life, I was a pizza maker or something happened. Right. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, but here we go again. <laughs> no doubt. So hopefully the next time uh, we're all on the same, uh, you achieve the, the results that you're looking for, but we're just trying to give you our uh, trials and tribulations, as Robin said here, so you can uh, a troubleshoot quicker if something similar happens to you, or if you haven't done it yet, you can work around our issues and uh, you're off to a a much better version of whatever pizza you're cooking. So in the meantime, uh, go over to grillgirl.com and see the recipes and other things that she's writing about. And if you're not following her on Instagram, follow her on grillgirlrobin. You can see her on the third Tuesday of the month, right here on this show. Robin, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And you guys, I just did smoked sriracha. It's on the site. I'm really excited about it. So go check it out. We'll talk about that next (laughs) month. All right. All right. There she is. Bye, girl. Robin Lindars from Grill Girl right there. Pizza nightmares we have. Maybe I should see if Kevin Bloodsoe has pizza nightmares. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills because we just talked about them. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today, of course. Prime Line, which I have now. I've had Choice Lines as well. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone both fit that pizza oven insert that we were talking about. So make sure that you check that out. Add Just add it into the, into the cart when you're at the dealer buying your grill. If you want something for a tailgate, because some people are doing that right now, the Davy Crockett is the one that you want. That also... Introduced everybody to the 12-volt technology. So, take a look at what they have on the website, greenmountaingrills.com. Find a dealer near you. Go see them. Learn all about it. Then buy one. They'll make sure that you know how to run it and you're ready to have success 
on the first cook and from thereafter. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We are back with Kevin Bloodsoe on the show. Stick around. Be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield throughout the grilling season. Follow them for recipes, tips, tricks. World champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Childs Cridlin. With mouth-watering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply, some of the best pork money could buy, trusted by world champions for use at their home and at their competitions. That is smithfield.com. Helping me close the show tonight, a California barbecue legend, but the roots are from Texas. Have you seen him on TV? Yes. You will see him once again on TV this coming Friday as he is one of the two judges on the American Barbecue Showdown, set to air on Netflix, a new location for barbecue on TV as of late. So we run to the hotline and welcome the founder of Bloodsoe's Bar and Q and first-timer here to this show, Kevin Bloodsoe joining me here. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm good. What up with you, G Money? How you doing, baby? Hey, Kev, I am living only the right way, as you know what I'm talking about, and uh, really appreciate you making time for the show and getting a chat with you here. So, uh, look, before we get involved in the TV show, this is the lead question I've been asking all night, so I have to end it with you here. Best, in your uh-huh. opinion, best rock and roll drummer between the two, John Bonzo Bonham or Neil Peart? Neil Pierce all day long. Whoa! Look at this guy coming in. Um, you know, I, uh, look. I, I mean, I'm uh, I am hard pressed. I want to always say John Bonham because he is known as probably the heaviest handed drummer out there and iconic, iconic drum beats. But man, from a technicality standpoint and some of the finest solos ever around, Neil Peart is hard to beat. Whether you like Rush music or not. Um, or a fan of Led Zeppelin uh, or not. I mean, these two are uh, certainly some of the finest. Is, is there any other drummer you'd like to throw into the mix? I mean, yeah, some of the other guys. To be, to, to be truthful, which I never heard of either one of them, but I'm going to keep it 100. My boy, uh, <laughs> Danny Thomas, Bishop College, uh, 1987, the baddest drummer in the world on the, uh, the Big Boom Band back in the Dizzy. How so, about this guy? Know. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Kevin Bloodsoe joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, Bar and Q, Q U E, Bar and Q.com. Uh, Kevin, you know, yeah. we could probably take the whole segment talking about your background of barbecue and the mergings of basically a, a Compton, California, born and raised guy, but also somebody who spent their summers in Corsicana, Texas, where. Uh, you were hanging out with your grandmother, and she was teaching you the live fire ways uh, and kind of instilling that passion for you. Maybe you didn't know that you were building that passion back then. And we can probably loop back around to all of that, uh, you know, in yeah. a week or a month yeah. from now or something like that. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the food business. Obviously, uh, coronavirus hitting everybody in different ways this year. 
food and beverage yeah. industry has been impacted incredibly. How has it affected you and the business since March? And I know it's easy and quick to point out the negatives, but maybe if we could, let's start with some of the positives that might have bubbled up in the last six months. I mean, I'm gonna keep it 100. The positive is like, like I said, the uh, our Hollywood location uh, has been just totally blessed, man, to be able to keep em- employees uh, employed because uh, we've been shown a lot, a lot of love, man. You know, uh, the community has came forward to to support us, and uh, you know, the uh, fire department, LAPD, all of them, man, we're going to keep y'all going. But not just that, Kingsford, Charco, and those type of places, making donations. And, uh, you know, we just been blessed, man. And, you know, Postmates and Gold Belly, you know, Greg, you know, just been keeping it going, man. You know, like I say, of course, we miss the bar. We miss uh, uh, people sitting down. But, you know, we we still been pretty steady, man. You know, our numbers haven't been that far off. You know, and, uh, you know, and we donated to so many other restaurants to try to keep them going because that's what it is, man. The restaurant business is a family, man, no matter what you're doing. And everybody might not be as blessed as you are. So you got to once you bless, you got to try to keep somebody else blessed, man, to keep it coming, you know. And uh, that's what we've been trying to do, man. We've been trying to pay it forward, you know. Kevin Bledsoe joining me here on the show. Uh, Do you think that it is somewhat easier for a barbecue or or grilling business that might have an in-house or or a traditional platform originally to be able to pivot out of that given the scenario and go to something that's a a little bit more walk through or drive up and take out versus some of the other more standard traditional dine-in restaurants? I I think it's harder because like I said, it's, it's barbecue, you know, like, like we, we talk all the time about barbecue, barbecue still has to be held to the standards of every other food when the health department comes to, you know, you know, still got to be in warmers and all that, but you don't already smoke the hell out that meat. So, you know, you got to try to hold that meat and, and all that, you know, you know, how it go, Greg, you know what I mean? You got to try to whatever, whatever, but you moving it, you know, we moving it. So, uh, it, it, it is, but it's not. You know, if that makes sense, it, uh, it's not like, you know, somebody making burgers or something, somebody called you make burgers, you know, somebody making tacos, they call you make tacos, somebody, uh, uh, doing this, but we doing barbecue. We done already smoked the hell out that brisket. We done smoked the hell out them ribs and now we need to move it. And if it sits more than an hour or two, you know, it's, it's losing its integrity, you know? So Uh, it's a little tougher in the, on the barbecue business. Kevin, I spoke with Daniel Vaughn last hour from Texas Monthly, and we were talking about two ladies in Austin, Texas, who are in the process of trying to get funds and and some other things knocked down to eventually cultivate a lab-based brisket. Not plant-based. This is going to be real as meat, Uh, but it's going to be grown in the lab. Are you down with that? I'm not down with no bullshit like that, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. (laughs) Nah, man. Why? Like... I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. It, you know, barbecue is a tradition, man. Barbecue is a heritage, you know. Why mess with it, you know? I mean, what? This, this ain't no guy. This ain't top ramen. You know, it's an art to this. Man, low and slow, baby, like a six fold, you know. I don't see how you can do it, whatever, whatever. That's fine. Do your thing. If it works for you, it works for you. But nah, I'm, I'm going to do mine to the casket drop, partner. So uh, if if somebody came to you and said, Kev, you know, I could bring in a a new portion of clientele for you but you would have to enter in 
with some type of a Beyond Meat or uh, an Impossible Burger? <laughs> I mean, are you open to that conversation, or nah, do you just want to keep it that. all like meat? I and that's say, it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep because I mean, oh, well, I'm, I'm gonna ask you this: when you go to a uh, uh, a vegan restaurant, do they serve meat? Kevin, you know damn well I do not go to a vegan restaurant. <laughs> okay, then, but I'm saying so. Why do <laughs> Some restaurants bow down to that. Like, if you don't want meat, then I, I don't expect you to come to my restaurant. You know, just like if I if I, if I go to a party or a wedding or a vegetarian or something like that, then I expect that it's not going to be meat there, and that's cool. I just feel like it should go both ways. Like, man, you know, I mean, you got a lot of restaurants. I mean, I got good pit masters. They cook barbecue. They cook, you know, they cook good sides. I don't have a good person that can just be the bomb on cooking a a vegan dishes. You know, and I feel like you got restaurants that people should go to for that. That's the bottom in that, you know. You have options. You want to go to Blood Souls, you're going to be eating meat. That's the bottom line. That's what Kevin's talking yeah, about. Here. All day. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. Let's talk about this show coming up Friday, the 18th of September. First and foremost, I did not see Netflix jumping into the barbecue game, and I'm uh, I'm surprised, happy at the same time. How did this opportunity come to you kevin uh uh, my boy dan and uh one of the producers and my boy dominique uh i ain't gonna go into details but i did another show just on the strength to help them out you know to say that they had me and i'm not can't go in detail g and you know you know the game but uh and then they wanted me to do this show and i'm just gonna say this and i'm not saying take me away from this show this is going to be one of the most incredible barbecue shows you ever seen in your life. Really? And, uh, uh, and, and real talk. And the reason why I say it, because it's just, cause you know, a lot of the competitions be cutthroat and people conniving and people scheming and all this, like with everything that's going on right now in this world. And this was filmed last year, G you feel me? Yeah. But it's so perfect for right now when you see, people working together, different colors, different cultures, working together, competing against each other, but working together in some of the oddest circumstances you ever going to see in your life, man. It is a, an incredible show. And plus we cooking possums and raccoons and all some of the stuff we cooking has never be done, never been done before on TV, you know, from a judge, there's no comfort zone. You know, most competitions, G they, Got they smokers that they used to or whatever, whatever. Right. Every every different every competition, every every uh, assignment that me and Melissa assigned to them is a different type smoker, different everything. So the pitmaster has to be on their game. They have to be able to control live they fire or, or whatever else you're throwing in front of. Yes, mm. yes, yes. I know. Now, you, I'm gonna tell you this. Yes. Like I done told all these other people I've been talking to. You got my number. When you watch that show on Friday, you text me and tell me if I was lying, G. All right. I got that number. All right. Keep it 100. So you've been on other shows before as competitor Kevin Blood. So what's it like to turn around nah. and be the judge? I know, I've been on shows with Judge, too. I, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't really uh, do that much uh, competition. You know, I, uh, uh, I've been judges, but to be a judge and to, to not really be into the competition thing, because like I said, I, you know, that's a whole nother show we can talk about, yeah. but, uh, to be a judge and I, and I, you know, I know the game and, and to see, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to be real, you know, and, uh, to be a judge 
and to watch these people out here cooking in a hundred degree weather, man. And, and cause some people take their art or take whatever, whatever too much. You know, some people like in the competition thing, they, you know, they just overbearing to me. It's not that serious. It's still barbecue, make some good food. Let's have a good time. Whatever. whatever. I'm not here to make these people feel bad. I'm, I'm not like that. I'm not in, I love the clown and I love the joke and all that, whatever, whatever. But, uh, I mean, my get down is just different from a lot of other people. You know, I'm still going to try to work with you. You know what I mean? I still got compassion for people in this business, in competition cooking, when they do it on these shows, man. And it all comes through on this show, man. It's, uh, you know, because these normal people, you know, trying to get the dream just because you already made the dream. Don't try to dog nobody else's dream out, you know. Kevin Bloodso joining me here on the show, barandq.com's website. Uh, so aside from you being a judge, uh, the winningest woman in barbecue history, Melissa Cookston, is also a judge. What's it like working with her? I mean, she's a legend, man. She's a legend. She's a constant professional, and uh, Melissa keeps it popping, you know. Uh, I mean, that's her. She's, she's a G, you know. Were, were you surprised just personally that Netflix is getting into this side of things or at least dipping their toes in between this show and then obviously doing a portion of the chef's table on Live Fire? Not really, because like I said, it, it, it's still, you know, I mean, especially now, what brings people to take, what brings people together? Barbecue. Barbecue is a party. Barbecue is a communication. Let's sit down. Let's have some barbecue. That's what brought people together back in the days before kitchens and stoves and all that outdoors. Let's sit down. You know, it, it is, man. And, and, and it, but Netflix did a good job. That round table is amazing, you know, and this show is amazing. And it's giving you a totally different look at barbecue though, for real. It's like giving you the showing like, and I'm not knocking no other show, but this is showing the whole work of how hard it is and the pressure of this, you know, to cook a, a, a brisket all night. Got these, cause you know, all the other shows is quick and yo, make your, Oh, uh, this is a barbecue show, but make your special dish and, you know, your, make your signature dish in 30 minutes, but you're a barbecue guy. Come on. You know, that ain't happening. You know, this show, we was with them dudes all night sometime, all night smokes and all that, you know, I've had some discussions. I mean, damn, we could, we could, we could beaver, Greg. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love. Well, I better not say that out loud. People could misconstrue what I'm about to say. Never mind. Um, I've had some discussions on the show recently with some respected folks in the industry, and one of the hopes uh, that the show pans out is that there is a decent amount of teaching methods, or let's say learning moments, versus that traditional smack talk, uh, smack talking, and posturing that's become commonplace on those other TV shows. Will folks be happy uh, yeah. about that? Yeah, it is. It, yeah, man, because, you know, it, it, I mean, and I let, let me let me tell you, I came up playing the does. I got more jokes than anybody, you know, but when you see the passion of these competitors, man, and the love and the emotion, you know what I mean? You just want to help them. And then, like I said, if you made it to a certain point, that's your job is to, is to help folks, you know? It can't be no jealousy or whatever, whatever. I mean, these are some... Everybody, I mean, Netflix did a such incredible job of picking these contestants, though. These pit masters, they all got a story, and they all are like the emotions of it, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you on your show, text me on Friday after you watch it. 
All right, we're uh, looking forward to the show coming up. Uh, has there been any other talk that you've heard of uh, for there being like another show or, or another season of this yet, or is it wait and see at this point? It's wait and see right now. Yeah. We're going to see, you know, uh, with the pandemic and everything like that, but I would love to do it, man, because I had a ball. and We out there in Covington, Georgia, where they filmed Heat of the Night at, and all this time I thought Sparta was where they filmed it, but they filmed it in – Covington, Georgia, and that's where we were for almost a whole month filming this show, a hundred and some degrees out there. Uh, Kevin, would you rather have no eyebrows or an extra finger? Uh, no eyebrows. No eyebrows. That's right. We no extra yeah, fingers I barely for this got guy. <laughs> I mean, unless unless somebody gonna give me an extra middle finger. Yeah, that's right. Then we then we can uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> accentuate the hate to the haters. Have you caught the chef's table right, um, yeah. on, on this on the snows and and on Rodney Scott and all that? Have you seen that yet? Have I uh, the round table? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. It's, I, I love it. I mean, that's that's some that's some you know. I mean, the conversation. That's some that's some uh, that's some OGs right there. You know. I mean, Rodney. Believe it or not, Rodney Scott got the first uh, uh, African American and Bobby Seal. Uh, Black Panthers cook barbecue cookbook, but uh, uh, Rodney Scott got the first African American barbecue cookbook coming out. Mine will be second. Uh, are we making a breaking announcement here? Oh yeah, my book will be out. Uh, we're working on it right now. The Bloodsoul Family Cookbook will be out uh, spring uh, 2022. Ten right. uh, Feet uh, Publishing is uh, publishing, and Noah. Noah Galutin is writing. Demetrius Smith and all of them are. This is going to be an incredible book. All right, so we're going to have you back on to to promo that, but uh, we'll also have you back on so we can do the deep dive back into Kevin Bloodsoe. And I know I want to get some stories out of you of what it's like, kind of transplanting back and forth between West Coast and Texas and growing up and all that stuff. So uh, look for Kevin as one of the judges coming up this Friday. And uh, while you guys don't have his number, I do, and I will be texting him (laughs) whether it's real or not. And uh, you know I'm going to do that. So, uh, Kevin, really appreciate you coming on the show, promoting, and uh, we'll be looking for you again soon. Hey, hey, G, real talk. I know when you hit me on Friday, you're going to keep it 100, so keep it 100 with me, all right? It's the only way I live, buddy. All right, man. All right, there he is, Kevin. Bloodso from Bloodso's Barbecue. And again, the website is barandq.com. All right. Wait, wait, wait. I can't. Can't yet. Got to do this first. Telling you about Big Papa Smokers, also West Coast, right? Damn right. Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. They have great rubs, perfectly balanced, 13 to choose from, sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, double secret steak, little Louis seasoned salt, the list goes on, and I love them all. They have Granny's barbecue sauce as well. Rumor had it they might be making a, uh, a spicier version of the traditional grannies, and we're not, we are not. Andrew, you are not. The we are not talking about the names that I was heard pitching around for that. Aside from the rubs and sauces, they got the cookers, 
a versatile, easy-to-use smoker called the Mac Two-Star General Pellet Grill. They're the only dealer online for Mac, too, so they're offering special packages. They have the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you have any questions, you call 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And now... We will wrap the show. We'll just go right into it. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin recapping the shoot of Project Fire Season 3. Fire! Then we talked with Daniel Vaughn, barbecue editor over Texas Monthly, tmbbq.com, his website. And we talked about the lab, the potential of lab-cultivated brisket. Second hour, Robin Lindars. We both agreed that she is indeed not 68 years old. The meathead fell for the greatest hoodwinked in show history to date. And we closed it out with first timer to the show, Big Kev, Kevin Bloodsoe over at Bloodsoe's Barbecue Bar and Q.com is Kevin's website, and you can look for him as being one of the two judges on Netflix show American Barbecue Showdown. Again, that is set to air this coming Friday, the 18th, on Netflix. We're going to have him back on. What a personality on that guy. And don't worry, Kev. I'm about to hit you up on Friday and tell you what's up. This is Renny Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.TV, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. And this is what it sounds like when I end the show cold. I'm not even going to go back and do the music. Just know... That next weekend is the fourth, or I'm sorry, next week is the fourth Tuesday of the month, so we have embedded correspondence. We have Derek Riches, and we might also have somebody by the name of Rebecca King. So you're going to want to tune in for that. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget, until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe, saying good night now.